Somebody say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, glory. King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. Bless today, almighty God of Israel. Keep us today, Father. Lord, bless. I'll do another podcast. Hope y'all enjoy. Trying to come to you today to convey a thing that hope you understand that God loves you. God loves all of us. We live in a time that is very parallel to the time before the Babylonian captivity, I believe, like with Jeremiah. God kept trying to talk to him, kept trying to tell him, if you'll do right, if you'll do this, if you'll do that, I'll, I'll stop this, or at least I'll see you through it. I'll help you so that it won't be so bad. But they had done so many things that brought judgment upon the nation of Israel, that brought judgment on Jerusalem. Blessed Redeemer, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. Lord Yeshua. And for those of you that don't know, Yeshua HaMasiach simply means Jesus the Messiah. Return to us, O Lord. Save us, Father. Ah, glory. God keeps bringing me back to the book of Jeremiah. He spoke to me one time, and then he took me to the 25th chapter of Jeremiah and started telling me some things that really aren't too nice. But we, people, we bring these things on ourselves, but we turn away from God, and we turn away from this righteousness. We turn away from the life that he's told us to live. Christianity has become a byword and a sideline to us and something we do when we have time. and We live our lives and do as we please, and... Then when we have time, we say a little prayer and ask God to forgive us. And which if his heart felt, God does. Having hope in no other but the risen Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because he laid down his life that you might live and not die. For it is not the will of God that any perish, but all come to repentance and eternal life. I told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in the womb. So much for abortion. Father, help us today, Lord. Keep us today by the mercies of God. This nation's very similar timed, I believe, before the Babylonian captivity because God kept trying to work with them. He kept trying to reach out to them through the prophets and through Jeremiah and telling them, you know, if y'all straighten up, this won't be so bad. But if you keep going the way you're going, it's going to be hard. You're going to die. He told the king, he said, I'm going to work things out for you because you're doing right. You, you proclaimed the liberty to the children of Israel. You proclaimed, you told everybody, turn loose their servants, turn loose the hard bondage they have on the people. And <clears throat> start helping people. Start doing good for the orphan, the widow, the stranger in the gate. Release your servants. They've served long enough now. Give them some liberty. Give them their own home. Let them go. Show liberty as the year of Jubilee. Do something good for them. And they did. The king proclaimed the liberty. He gave liberty to the people. And God said, I'm going to bless you. He said, you're still going to end up captive with the Babylonians, but I'm going to see to it that things don't go so bad. I'm going to see to it that you're buried at a good old age and that they mourn you and you're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be disgraced going to make this good for you. I'm going to work this out for you. You're still going to have to suffer some chastisement because 
The Bible says that the Lord scourges every son he receives. And if you don't receive any correction, that you ain't his child. Ah, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, whereby all are guilty. And if we say we've not sinned, the Bible says that we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. But that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Whereby all have sinned. Some more than others. You don't have to be a wretched sinner to end up in the pit of hell. You just have to be disobedient to God's word. If he's told you to do something, you need to do it. And if you don't, you need to ask forgiveness. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, and such are the children of God, and such are the children of the wicked one. And you look around and you see the prosperity of people that don't have two times, two cents for God and don't care nothing about him. Such are the children of the wicked one. God don't always chasten those that don't really belong to him. Their judgment's coming for another day. Ah, oh, glory. My brother-in-law Bud, before he passed away, said, Tom, I can't steal a piece of bubble gun because God's going to make sure that I get caught. He's going to make sure I don't do it again, and that's how God works. He chastens his children. He makes sure that if you do wrong, you know you're doing wrong so that you straighten your butt up and do better because he don't want you... The Bible says that he does these things so that you're not caught in the destruction of the things that are coming upon this world, that you're not caught in the judgment of the children of this world, that the children of God are judged as they go along, and their chastening comes as they go along so that they do right and so that they are able to be redeemed and they are caught up into heaven. And they are caught up to ever be with the Lord when he comes and sets his kingdom up on this earth. Jehovah's Witnesses had that much right. Jesus is coming back and setting a kingdom up. Setting a kingdom up and wherein righteousness shall dwell. And he shall rule the nations with a rod of iron. Isaiah 9 and 6. And he shall rule the nations with a rod of iron. That's talking about the thousand year millennium. That's talking about when he returns and sets up shop on this earth. For a thousand years while Satan's in prison. That's not the end. That's not the finish of it. Because Satan's let out of his prison again. And draws all the world to trouble again. And then the end comes. So we're, we're a long ways from the actual final card here. But we're on the verge of seeing the Antichrist revealed, I'm afraid. There's things happening around you. You just, for the God of this world has blinded their eyes so they cannot see, lest they turn to me and I heal them, Jesus said. Ah, oh, glory. King of kings and Lord of lords, you've got an enemy, people. The devil's trying to blind your eyes so that you can't see the truth and you can't hear the word of God and you can't hear what is right because there's so much around you every day taking you away. So much every day just trying to get by, just trying to make your living, just trying to stay, stay your head above water in a world that's ever flooding. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. Blessed today, O oh Lord. Lord knows I know it's hard because I'm out there with you every day just trying to keep my head above water. Just trying to make sure ends meet. Most of the stuff I brought on myself, spending too much money, buying things I didn't have to buy. You bring yourself into bondage. You bring yourself into debt. You bring yourself into slavery. And when we do these things for the things we want and our little frivolities, then we got to work and pay them off, especially if we bought it on credit. 
I'm learning my lessons again about that. I tore up my credit cards years ago and lived years and years without one. Then I slipped up and got my little self in debt again. Now I'm having to work myself back out of it again. But that's another matter. But what we're talking about here is a similarity between the book of Jeremiah and the day you're living in now. Jeremiah kept telling them, do right, listen to God, do right and live. And they kept, you see, life can be really confusing. Here this king was only trying to protect his nation. I mean, as far as he thought, God told him, he says, I'm bringing the Babylonians on you. They're going to take this city. If ever a man was wounded and cast down and <laughs> there wasn't nothing but the sick and the lame, I'd still raise them up and they're going to take this city. Ah, oh, glory. Now you can fight if you want, but if you fight against what I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You're going to die. Now it's done too late for you not to be carried away into the captivity. I've already ordained that it's going to happen. But if you'll do this right, then I'll protect you. And I won't let this evil come upon you any worse than it has to. And I'll see to it that you're okay. Daniel was in the book of Daniel. He was in the Babylonian captivity. And God kept, took care of Daniel. Sure, we don't want to see our nation destroyed. And right now is the time to be praying about that. Right now is the time to be asking God to spare this nation. Praying that God will not bring this upon us. Because they're not going to want to take us into captivity. They're going to want to come over here and take over. And Lord knows it's going to be, as Putin said, much loss of life. And oh, don't think he's not working in the backgrounds. Don't think that there's not a whole circle of these people working around this nation with the thought of taking it over every day. They're not our friends, people. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. Anytime there's a fruitful bow, anytime there's money to be had, and anytime there's power to be gained, there's always evil men there wanting to take it. There's always somebody there wanting more than their share. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. But God kept trying to tell him, if you'll do right, if you'll live righteously, if you'll show kindness to your neighbor and quit trying to take more than your share, start trying to do right before me. Show mercy to the orphan. Show mercy to the widow. Show mercy to the stranger in the gate. Now, I'm not saying we need to let criminals over here. I'm, I don't even want to get into Trump and his wall. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I know that there's a lot of bad people come over here. And if you've ever lived around California or Texas and seen all the gangs and see how they kill people just for wearing the wrong color shirt, you'd understand that there's some bad people coming over here. And we do need a little more scrutiny about who's coming over our borders. But now the hardworking people that just trying, really just trying to feed their families and they're starving over there. Well, I understand that. But then that ain't all that's coming. That's not all that happens. But that's not something I want to get into. That's not what I'm talking about right now because every soul is precious. But we have, to, we have politicians in there and we have leaders to make these decisions. It's not something I want to have to make. But right now what I'm talking about is prayer, prayer and fasting. What I'm talking about right now is your job to be righteous before God. Your job is to pray. Your job is to fast. Your job is to call on the name of the Lord and ask him to spare this nation. Calling on the name of the Lord and asking him to help others and to keep us 
to where we can help others that we might. What did he tell Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon? Daniel came up to him after he had done all this and brought all the Jerusalem into captivity. And Daniel came up to him and said, you're fixing to be taken down. You know, you, you're pretty high up there, and, but you're fixing to be taken down. He said, show mercy to the poor. Free the captives. Be kind to others that God might prolong your days. And this might not come upon you. But if you don't, then know of a surety you're fixing to have a hard judgment. And sure enough, Nebuchadnezzar, for about a year there, he did good. He listened to Daniel because he knew Daniel knew what he was talking about. He had done seen the three Hebrew boys that got cast into the fiery pit and they come back out alive. And he looked in there and saw four walking around and said, one's like the son of God. <laughs> yes, he was. And he delivered them out of the fiery furnace. And so Nebuchadnezzar knew the power of the God of Israel. And he knew there was none like him. But yet and still his pride, his pride lifted up in him. About a year later, I believe it said, and he walked in his courtroom and courtyard in his house, his king, his castle there. And he, he says, is this my great Babylon who I have built for my glory? And it said, a word came out of heaven. And it said, Nebuchadnezzar, you just messed up. Know that the most high rules and reigns. And he was cast out into the field and he ate grass like a cow and an ox. And it took him a little while, but he learned and he came back and said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, know that the most high rules and reigns. And they gave him his kingdom back after he learned his lesson. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was not a good Christian man. He was not even a godly man. But he did learn to fear the king of heaven. He did learn to fear the God of Israel. And God used him to accomplish his task. When he called Nebuchadnezzar his servant, he wasn't meaning that he was a good and godly man. No, he never was. He never never did become one. He gave glory to the God of Israel and submitted himself so that God allowed him to continue to do what God wanted done. But that's just like if this nation falls, this is one of the most godly nations really going. We got a church on every corner in most of our cities, especially around in the south. But God will use an ungodly nation to bring chastening correction upon his children. He will use an ungodly nation. He brought Babylon onto Jerusalem. Now, do you think that Babylon was more righteous than Jerusalem? No. But he brought Babylon upon Israel to correct them. And then after he finished using Babylon to correct Israel, then he corrected Babylon and brought them to nothing. Jerusalem's still here. Israel's still here. Babylon ain't. Ah, oh, glory. King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. And it may well be a less righteous nation that corrects us. But if we don't hear his word, we're his children. We've got more children of God probably right here in this nation. We've got more Jews probably in this nation than there is in Israel. We've got more Hebrews, more of the children of God by the flesh, probably in this nation than there is in this nation of Israel. We've got more of the children of God right here in this nation probably than there is in a lot of places. I mean, from what I've heard, you go to England, it's not like it is here. You don't, you can't find just a good church. And we're having more and more trouble finding good churches on every corner. Used to in the old days. You saw the truth preached, and you saw God heartfelt, God called preachers. 
Not men taught preachers, but God called preachers. Where the king of heaven called his servants and called men to speak his word. You're just not seeing that today like you used to. Now they all got to go spend 50 grand in seminary so that when they get out, they got to get paid so they can pay it back. And it causes them to have to be hirelings. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. But in the old days, it wasn't like that. Men were called of God. And I'm not saying it's wrong to go to seminary and be taught and all that. I'm saying that after you spend all that money, it's kind of hard to get out and preach for free. But some do. And I'm not saying that you should preach for free. That's not even what I'm wanting to get into anyway. The Bible says a laborer is worthy of his hire and that you shouldn't muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. And I got nothing against a preacher being paid. But I do have something against it when that's the only time he preaches. You preach because you're called to preach. You preach to the wall if you ain't got nothing else to preach. <laughs> you pray and start preaching then because if you're called to preach, you're going to do it whether anybody listens or not because you were called to do it. Paul said, all men forsook me, but I was not alone because the Lord God was with me. Paul had a man fall asleep on him while he was preaching, but Paul was called. Paul also went over there and raised him up from the dead after he fell off the balcony there and broke his neck and he killed him. But he still had a man fall asleep on him while he was preaching, so I guess it happens to everybody. But anyway, Paul had the strength of God in him, and he went over there and he raised that young man up and comforted the people because there was no loss of life that night. Ah, glory, but Paul preached a long time and the young man got a little sleepy. But anyway, let's get on back to what we were talking about with the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah, the 25th chapter. You know, I want to know about God's love and God's comfort and God's blessings. And, and God does bless me. He's been blessing my finances and helping me get out of debt. And he's doing a lot of good things for me. But people... Wake up and realize the day you're living in. Things are fixing to happen. And if we don't get it together, it's going to happen quicker than we want it to. When Jonah went to sleep in the boat, it didn't go away. The storm just got worse. And the shipmaster came up and he said, Awake, O sleeper, and call on the name of your Lord. Call on the name of your God. It so be that my God might spare us. And that's what I'm saying to you now. Wake up. Call on the name of your God that perhaps God will spare us. Because you can say what you want and look around and think of the blessings and all that you want. And you can be blind as you want. But the day is still coming. The trouble's still on the horizon. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Jesus said, watch and pray and remember Lot's wife. Oh, glory. He said, when you see that time come, he said, flee. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, and don't look back because it's on the horizon when he's going to appear. When you see that evil one come, don't try to hang in there with him. Go hide, do what you got to. And Isaiah says, come away, my people, for a little while until the indignation be overpassed. Ah, oh, glory, for you shall hide us in the shadow of his wings. But in Jeremiah chapter 25 and verse 28, it says, And it shall be 
And if they refuse to take the cup at thine hand to drink, then shalt thou say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ye shall certainly drink. For lo, I began to bring evil on this city, which is called by my name, and shall you be utterly unpunished. Ye shall not be unpunished, for I will call a sword upon the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, The Lord shall roar from on high, and utter from his voice, from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. The time this was written, what, some three, four thousand years ago, they didn't know all the inhabitants of the earth. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. Now this is Jeremiah, chapter 25, verse 31, now 32. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall be raised up on the coasts of the earth. I was listening to the Bible on tape and working in a room up top of this people's house when I was working and had the window open. It was like this spirit of spiritual wind blew in through the window and I heard a voice saying, a wind blows from the east. I heard it audibly, just like anyone speaking to me. It sounded like one of the old prophets speaking. That's all it said. Anytime a wind blows from the east, it always brings destruction. That's why I keep telling you people, pray. It just stuff doesn't happen tomorrow. It doesn't have to happen today, tomorrow, next year, or the next year. If we pray, when Jonah went through Nineveh preaching, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Nineveh wasn't destroyed in 40 days because they repented. They called on the Lord. We see every, all through the book of Jeremiah where he keeps telling them, God's reacting to what you've done. He's reacting to what you've done. You do good, he's going to react good. You do bad, he's going to react bad. And he tells you that when a nation, he says, if I speak evil against a nation and they turn away from their evil and they turn to do good, then I will repent me of the evil, saith the Lord, and I will do right toward that nation. I will bless that nation and raise them up. But if I speak good to a nation and they don't hear my words and they don't do right and they don't do what they're supposed to be doing and they turn and do evil before me after I've spoken good to them then I will bring evil to that nation and the good that I thought to do to them I will not do but the evil that I spoke of that I will do and now that's what I'm trying to tell you about here this is what the book of Jeremiah is trying to teach us here is that if we do good and we pray and we call on God and we live our lives according to his will and we live our lives righteously and we do what's right in the sight of the Lord, then he will call a blessing upon this nation, and he will change his thing that might be spoken against us, because it's already spoken against us. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coasts of the earth. And the slain of the Lord shall be at that day from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. And there shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried. They shall be dung upon the ground. Howl, ye shepherds, and cry, and ah, glory. I was going down Highway 11 up here. Coming down 5, headed down 11, going toward the highway. Headed to work, I think it was one morning here a few years back. 
And I saw a dead dog laying on the side of the road. And I heard that voice again speak to me audibly. Not in my mind. I don't hear voices, people. Only time I hear any voices is when the Lord speaks to me. I don't go around hearing people talking to me when I not said nothing to them. <laughs> but I saw that dead dog on the side of the road, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, So shall the dead bodies of men lie in these streets. That's talking about Woodstock down here. Now tell me that the judgment's not already spoken. Now, I don't know when this time is going to come. But what I'm telling you, and I have to tell you, because if he went through the trouble, to speak audibly to me. Then I have to know that this is not my words. This is not my thoughts. This is not me being a prophet of doom. This is me hearing the word of God and speaking it to you, telling you what's already been said to me. And now I hate to say it like that because I know that it just makes people afraid. It makes me afraid. But what it's really trying to do is to get you on your knees in prayer. It's trying to get you up against the wall in prayer. He's trying to get you to turn your face to the wall like Hezekiah did. And he said, oh, Lord, remember now that I've tried to walk before you and I've tried to do what's right before you. Now, don't take my life away from me, Lord, but bless now, Lord. Bless now, Lord. Keep us now, Lord. Show mercy to us now, Lord. And before Isaiah could get out of the court, he said, turn around and go back and tell Hezekiah. He says, I've heard your prayer. And I'll add 15 years to your life. That's something a lot of people don't take into consideration. And that's that Manasseh took the throne at the age of 12. And it said, I've heard it said, it's not in the Bible that I know of, but whenever it says some were sawn asunder in Hebrews, talking about the men of faith, that may have very well been, Paul may have been talking about from what I've heard, Manasseh had Isaiah sawn asunder. Had him cut in half and tortured. Now in Manasseh's last days he repented, but had God took Hezekiah when he started to take him, Manasseh would not have been born because he took the throne at the age of 12. So if you added 15 years to Hezekiah's life, you do the math. Manasseh wasn't born yet. At the very least, he wouldn't have took the throne. And all the evil that Manasseh did might not have happened. But because Hezekiah was a just and righteous man, when he prayed, God heard his prayer. And he added to his life because he asked him to him because he knew he was right. He, he had walked righteously before the Lord. He had done what was right before the Lord. And Hezekiah saw him taking his life as a punishment. And so God gave him his life. But then his son was born and then his son took the throne and his son did much evil. I don't know the mind of God always. I am not, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, but I don't profess to know everything about God. I'm just doing a deduction here. God didn't speak that to me audibly. But if you know the word of God and you understand things, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we can't see what God's doing. Perhaps, just perhaps, he was going to take Hezekiah away and bring him up to be with him. Seeing as how he was a righteous man, he wasn't going to punish him. So he was going to take his life so that Manasseh didn't do the evil that he did. And was going to stop that short. Just perhaps. What I'm trying to say is a lot of times God's got something going on that we can't see. God's got some plans that we don't understand. 
Oh, Lord God, Lord God. But sometimes we pray and we get ourselves into something. We ask for something that perhaps would have been better if we just left it alone and went with the way God wanted. Because he told Hezekiah, he said, set your house in order, you're going to die. So it was the will of God. But Hezekiah didn't understand. And God didn't elaborate. He seldom does. I've only had the Spirit speak to me two or three times in my life, and he's never elaborated. Every time he's ever spoke to me, it's short and sweet. And it wasn't always sweet. It was short and to the point is what it was. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us now, Jesus. I believe it was Amos that said the Lord will do nothing that he doesn't first tell his prophets. Now, I'm not saying I'm a prophet. What I am saying, though, is that he did speak to me. And if he spoke to me, and if this is true, then he's saying it to other people, too. I'm not the only one he's going to talk to, but if there's other people listening, he's telling them the same thing. And the old-timers, oh, Lord, 50 years ago, they were telling us that Russia and China were going to come down back before Russia and China was anything. 50 years ago, we weren't that concerned about China at all. They made our toys. Now China's a world power. But 50 years ago, the prophets of God said, China's going to march down. China's going to bring trouble. And China's been building some big battleships. China's an ally of Russia. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, spare us, Lord. Show mercy to us, O oh my God. Let us find grace in thine eyes this day. Fifty years ago, the prophets that didn't watch TV. Fifty years ago, the old men of God that prayed and fasted and heard the word of God. They didn't have time for all this foolishness that we got going on now. They knew there was something more important. After plowing the field all day and after working just to bring food for their family. They went and prayed and talked to God, and God talked to them. Ah, oh, glory. King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. And we would do well to get back to that. And if God has to take everything we have away just to bring us back to him, he will. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, why is it that always when we're poor and destitute and starving, we turn to the Lord? When we have nothing but just barely enough to get by, we always cling to him. But then when the blessings start coming, then when the money starts rolling in, and we see all these little sparkling idols and all these little things that we want, and all this little luxury, all glory, and we always seem to turn away. When Solomon started out, he was a good man. He wanted to do right for the people of Israel. Then the money started rolling in. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. And then all the beautiful women started rolling in. All the things that sparkle and shine started whirling in. And he got sidetracked. Abba, Father, King of kings and Lord of lords, help us today, Lord, that even if you bless us, Lord, Help us to remember that that blessing maybe wasn't just for us to go buy a new Mercedes. Maybe that blessing was given to us to take care of us. 
and then so we should maybe take care of somebody else. Maybe we got a double portion so that we could take care of two instead of just one. Lord, don't mind you having nice things, but make sure before you go buy a bigger and fancier house that you've not just paid your time, but if you've got that much money, maybe you should help the poor around you. Maybe you should look around to your brother and sister that maybe don't have as much as you do. Maybe you ought to be a blessing to them instead of getting a nicer car this year. Maybe you ought to buy one of their children a beginner car that they don't have anything. Maybe you need to look around you and open your eyes and see the poor that God might lengthen your days lest you be taken out a little early. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus that we should remember the poor. Help us now, Lord, in remembering what Daniel said to, his, to Nebuchadnezzar. Remember the poor. Stretch forth your hand to the poor. Bless the less fortunate, that perhaps it may be a lengthening of your days. And now in this nation, that we stretch forth our hand to those less fortunate than us, that we stretch forth our hands to bless others and help others, that perhaps God see us as a righteous nation, that we call on the name of Jesus and that we let have the blood applied in our lives, that perhaps God spare this nation, that perhaps we see a lengthening of days, and that our children's children might see blessing, that just perhaps, you know, God is able to change things. God is able to do as he wants. He doesn't have to bring evil upon us. He can change his mind. He can do what's right and good for us if we do right and good for him. He can bless us if we bless him by doing what's right. Remember, people, that's what the book of Jeremiah is trying to teach us. That God reacts to us. It's what we do. If we do right, he does right by us. And if we do wrong, he brings correction upon us. So the choice is yours. Choose life and live. Bless your brother around you. Bless your sister. Try to do good. If, you've, if you're a prosperous person, try to bless another. That God may see your actions and bless you in righteousness. And see this nation as a righteous nation. And if you're a poor man and you can't do anything else but pray, pray. Above all, people, pray. Pray and fast. Call on the name of the Lord God of Israel. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of the merciful King of Heaven. And ask Him to spare this nation. And spare your family. And spare your lives. And ask Him to bless this nation. And forgive. We're going to call it quiz, people. Lord bless you. Lord love you. I only talk this way because God's talked this way to me. And because I want to love you, I want you to... I want to be saved. I, I don't want to see evil come upon this nation. I live here too. My children are here too. I want to see good things come upon us. But it's not going to happen unless people start calling on the name of the Lord. Unless people truly call on his name and truly turn their hearts to him. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord Jesus, forgive us. Forgive, O oh Lord, and bless now. And all you people that hear the sound of my voice now, remember... It's going to take prayer and fasting, but we can save this nation. Lord bless. Jesus loves you. Amen.